How's it going, everyone? My name is Eric. I have Deluxe on the call with me today. Um, he is a person out of California, just like myself, uh, that has a pretty large Instagram following centered around um, his barber services. He like cuts hair, does beard trimming, and all that type of stuff um, for men. And he uh, on Instagram, he posts consistent content about that stuff all the time, and has built up a pretty big following. A lot of people uh, come to see him just because of his personal brand that he's built on Instagram. Uh, so we're going to talk about Instagram marketing, a little bit of entrepreneurship stuff, um, and you know maybe even a little bit of personal development thrown in there. But yeah, if you just want to go ahead and uh, tell everyone about yourself and kind of you know what you got going on in life. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh... You know, I'm a barber first and foremost, been barbering, been cutting hair for about um, really since like 2012, my senior year in high school and uh, really got into it. And didn't even know about it, like like more because of like the entrepreneur mindset. Everybody doesn't want to work for a boss. I tried with that like a couple of times. And I hated listening to somebody else. But um, mm -hmm. so I, I just like the aspect of being able to hustle and get your own money and build your business up yourself. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, you know, um, through that. You know, being your own uh, boss and being an entrepreneur, you can get kind of lost sometimes in the crowd of like, if you, you surround yourself with the wrong people, right? Like, mm -hmm. like uh, you know, basic personal development stuff. If you surround yourself with the wrong people, wrong people that give you the wrong information, you're listening to that, uh, you can kind of go down a wrong path. And I think a lot of people in the barber industry kind of do that. It's a very, um, you know, like kind of like very basic um, business sense. Um, and it wasn't until I made the switch over to um, a barbershop in downtown called Rich Barber Hair Studio. The owner of that shop named Chuka Torres, he's very business mind oriented and he, he takes a lot of entrepreneurial uh, tactics and, and, and applies it to the barber industry. And then that's when I started seeing a lot of growth in my business. You know, I, for four plus years, I think I was charging, um, I think my highest price on a haircut was 20 bucks. You know, I went mm -hmm. from like, you know, charging nothing to 20 bucks in about four years. And then since then, in about two years since I've been there, I've raised my, raised my price from 20 to now I charge anywhere from like minimum $100, $120 and up to like $160, $180 per haircut service for like an hour or so. Still same time frame, but I was able to grow it really because of the social media aspect like you touched on. Um, just building on the demand, uh, not only through Instagram, but YouTube as well. Um, and and uh, just continuing to look to progress throughout there uh, as well. You know, I, I'm looking to start podcasts like you're doing right now. I think these are very, very helpful. So I commend you for that and putting out information, valuable content as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, um, definitely was able to start a couple like a product line because of my uh, branding and marketing, um, able to do online marketing for online courses to help barbers also build up their social media following mm -hmm. uh, and and, and uh, just continuing to look to grow on that. Nice. Yeah. So one thing I heard you say there, so the, you know, not everyone that's going to be watching this is a barber, but I bet a lot yep. of them have some type of service-based business. And yep. the thing that I just heard you say was you were able to raise your prices after you kind of built a brand and built up like more value. So a lot of people I notice when, you know, I'm, I'm like coaching them or talking to them about raising their prices, they always say like, oh, no one's going to pay that price for what I do, or they have yeah. a lot of like blockages for being able to raise their price. So what yeah. was your experience with that and like figuring out what your pricing was? You know, I, 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 I have the same problem with a lot of my mentor students I do in the barber industry. But for me personally, um, it was just a mental block of like that fear. I think most people like that, 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 real block for them is just the fear of like, I, I'm afraid that my business is going to fail mm -hmm. because I'm operating at a sufficient level right now where I'm making some money, 
But if I raise my prices, I'm afraid I'm going to lose all my clientele, mm -hmm. but not able to bring in more clientele. And it's the fear of, of them, their inability to bring new leads in, right? Like, mm -hmm. like um, anywhere with marketing, even online, you know, you could, you have your own little well, right? I, so I have a big following on social media. I can tap into that well, but I have to understand there's going to be a point where that well dries up. I've just gassed out all my marketing on them. They're tired of seeing my face all the time, pitching the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have to go out and grab new leads. And, and one of the things that I learned from Grant Cardone, uh, just not only reading, studying him a lot, is that um, your if, if you're not getting new leads, your business is dying. And it, it's mm -hmm. the same aspect of mindset training and, and personal development. But if, if you're not growing, you know, you're kind of like retracting. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it, it's the same thing in business as it is in life. Um, really, it was just the fear of moving up in prices for me. Um, and then when, once once I switched my mindset to to like seeing that okay, social media can be used as a tool to bring in new, that new that new uh, wave of clients, but also like going through the process and learning. You know, over the past two years, I think I really like for my twenty dollar price. I really only have maybe one or two people that I still have from that $20 price that still pay the $100. And they were really from like the very, very beginning. So mm -hmm. understand if you want to progress in your business, if you want to take your business to the next level, you're going to need to be able to like understand that those relationships you build, those clients, sometimes they're not going to be around. And you have, you know, you have to be all right with like, hey, I have to move on with it and, 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 and just be able to, to, to move into a different space, attract new people. Um, because like at the end of the day, consumers more times than not, you know, they're not doing what me and you do. Me and you are always like progressing, reading and learning. A lot of times consumers are stuck in one just bracket area, right? Mm -hmm. So like you'll have your lower end bracket and there, and you'll have a, a you know set clientele right there. As soon as you keep on moving up, they don't want to move up with you. They're they're content staying right here. And mm -hmm. so you have to go and find out, all right, how do I market to these higher bracket people? How do I bring these people into me and give a service that they'll uh, reward me with that that price point that I set for it because really it's it's all about um, you know like do people it, it's not more so the price point it's more do people see the value for the mm -hmm. for the price you're charging you know yeah exactly so how did you so I guess uh, the first question was to kind of go back on that a little bit is how did you actually get over that fear did you kind of just like were you still in fear and then just chose to do it anyway and kind of be like courageous to increase your price or was there something that kind of just like clicked. You know what? I was I was blessed enough to be in an environment. This we're going back to another personal development. Surround yourself with the right people. I was blessed enough to be put in the Bridge Barber Hair Studio and being in an environment where I had all the barbers around me and all the people that were around me were above me. So mm. it, I had a choice of either elevate or drop off. Mm. And like for me, I'm like I, I I like what they're doing. I'm gonna elevate. So it was really just out of like it wasn't out of fear or anything. I I, I don't see it as courageous. I just see it as like yo. I'm making a choice to follow these these guys because they know exactly what they're doing mm -hmm. and learning along the way, picking up new new stuff and 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 uh, being able to take off with it at my own pace after that. Once I kind of got up to speed on their mindset and mentality, um, mm -hmm. was really like a key point for me. Mm -hmm. And then when you increased your price, did you find that it was easier to provide more value? Like rather than charging something really low, now yeah. you have more margins, so I feel like you can maybe yeah. have better products or things yeah. like that. Okay, so um, you know, it, it's funny. Like, I'll I'll just speak in barber sense, and people can kind of take it how they how they can in like their industry. For a barber charging twenty dollars for like a, a forty five hour haircut, I was very frustrated. 
And I didn't understand where that frustration came from, but I just knew I was not happy. I just thought, hey, this is how life is, right? Like you're just used to it. You're like, hey, that's how life is. When I started charging more, I started realizing I was just frustrated because I knew I was worth more. Mm-hmm. I just inside and up here, like able to bring myself to charge more. Um, mm-hmm. and, and really it just, uh, it, it just, it just wasn't that hard to switch it. It, 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 at first when you switch to the new prices, there's like a fear point, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, like that week or two as a barber where like your clients drop off because mm-hmm. like, like, ah, oh, no, I can get that same haircut from somewhere else. Right. And you, you would just have to have, I guess, I guess it is a little bit courageous because you have to be able to stick in your mind. Like, all right, I made this choice. I have to stick with it because you can easily go back on it and be like, hey, just kidding. No, we're going to go back down here. Mm-hmm. You got to stick with that choice of raising your prices, raising your value. Um, because when you start bringing in those clients back again, when they get messed up by a different barber or somebody who buys a different product, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be like, I know what I get with him. And yeah. then they'll realize, okay, so maybe I, it's a haircut or maybe it's whatever service you're providing. But I understand exactly what I'm getting, and I trust it every single time. That I'm, I'd rather just pay that ten dollars just for that security as a consumer to know exactly uh, and have confidence to know what I'm getting, right? Mm-hmm. Once, once, once I kind of saw that, um, then that, then that frustration, and it, like, like you said, like it became easier, um, and, and I started understanding how to like provide more with my products too, because mm-hmm. you know you're at a lower price point, you're just for some reason, when you're at a lower price point, you just don't see the value in like higher end products, whether mm-hmm. it be hair products or or whatever else you're providing. So like yeah. when we level up, you're like, okay, I need this higher. I see the value in the higher price product. It just feels better, smells better. It, it gives an emotion, right? Where as as people who are selling stuff, we're always selling an emotion too with it. You know, it's mm-hmm. never just a product. It's an emotion that we give to the people, whether it be mm-hmm. confidence, whether it be happiness, whether it be peace of mind, whatever it is we're selling an emotion at the end of the day as well. Exactly. That's a super good point because a lot of people, you know, that I, again, mentor, think it's all like they're going for the price shoppers instead of more of like the people that want the value and want the best stuff. And it's like, you yeah. have to figure out like, you yeah. know, do you want to be like, I mean, I'm trying to think like, do you want to be like Chanel or some like high class brand or do you want to yeah. be more like Kmart? <laughs> it's like, you know, you want to figure out. At the end of the day, you're always gonna. There's always gonna be another, the next man who's gonna like beat you in price point. At some mm-hmm. point in time, somebody's gonna come along, find a cheaper way to do it, and undercut you, and all your clientele is gonna go. Mm-hmm. So, would you rather take that short term money, or be able to take like this, this, this grind, and like how Gary Vee always says, eating dirt right now, and be able to build a good quality value brand where you, where you're, where the value that that what you're giving back to them meets the price point at the end of the day, and it's gonna, you know, the word of mouth is gonna spread. Uh, people are going to see the, the the results from what you're giving to, and and then mm-hmm. you just got to trust. You got to have a vision with everything. I, I feel like I feel like a lot of people don't have the vision. Yeah, and then I noticed you said earlier too when you actually went into that new barbershop, a lot of the other people were charging a lot more, and then you kind of had to like go up to that. And uh, I thought that was really interesting because it kind of shows that the the thing that I see a lot of people struggle with is they don't even know it's like possible to charge that much. Like I think that's the huge breakthrough for people is like they don't know that they can do that. So once they become educated that, hey, these people are charging more, that means that I can charge more and they feel a lot more confident. Um, Go ahead. And then I was going to go on another point too, which was like I've noticed as well just in like my service when I'm doing like digital marketing for business owners and things, like they'll say, you know, there's been a couple people that have been like, oh, well, 
you know, like, you know, for whatever reason, they think my pricing is like too high or something like that. And they go get it done by someone else. And then they, that person does a horrible job and they come back to me and they're like, yeah, I probably should have went with you in the first place. I'm like, exactly. So, you know, yeah. it's just kind of funny. Yeah. And, and kind of, it's kind of bunny hop off that too. It's, it's almost like a, that story of the four minute mile, right? Like nobody thought the four minute mile, like nobody can run a mile in under four minutes and then somebody does it. And then people are like, Oh, he could do it. And then, like, after, a, like, a 10-year span or so, you see all these people running miles. Mm -hmm. And it's when, like, you know, people are like, well, for 2,000 years, were we just not advanced enough to run under four minutes? No, right. just believing and understanding that you can have the ability to do that, you know? Yeah. So seeing it just believing for a lot of people. And, and, and I think I'm a product of that, too. Like, you have to see it and witness it and see people purchasing and be like, oh, yeah, I can do that. You know, mm -hmm. like, here, it's just like, oh, okay, now I understand it type thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that happen a lot where... Yeah, when I'm telling people, I'm like, you've got to, un like, I basically, every time somebody wants to learn something from me, I just give my experience and that helps them get it so much more because people understand with like the story and the narrative more than just like the facts. Like, you know, I tell people you can charge this much for this and they're like, I don't believe it. And then you're like, well, I charge this much for this and they're like, oh, and they finally get it. So <laughs> kind of yeah. interesting. But yeah. um, so the next thing we can get into is more of like the marketing and like brand building aspect which is, you know, so last time I checked, you have 180 or 181,000 followers on Instagram. So that's a lot. And yeah. being able to leverage that brand, um, basically, first of all, let, let's go into the beginning of how did you actually build up that brand? Okay. Um, so it's a funny story. So when I first got through Rich Barber Hair Studio, I had about 800 followers, probably like most people who aren't into social media, just posting every couple months, right? Mm -hmm. And then... Um, I saw one of the barbers there who was getting a lot of big, big uh, views and gaining a lot of followers just posting videos. And uh, he was showing everybody how to do it. I kind of picked it up. Everybody was having more success than me at first because I wasn't as good skillfully as they were. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was like, you know what? I'm going to trust this process that I'm going to get better. Not going to give up. Even though I'm not seeing the results right now, I know for me, it's just going to take me a little bit longer to get my skills up, learn how to create good videos. Um, and market myself um, really to my target audience and build my profile up that way. So, you know, just posting haircut videos, giving uh, the audience of, of Instagram, you know, because that's where a lot of the mass people are at. You always got to go where the masses are at to be able to market your services at. Um, giving them an, a, a look, basically like a whole entire like portfolio of all my work that I've done. And then, you know, you've heard before, people don't want to be sold. They want to have the feeling that they purchased themselves. So like, mm -hmm. you know, people can see their your whole portfolio, portfolio and be like, oh, okay, I want to go to him. Instead of you coming up with somebody shaking your hand, hey, come come and get a haircut by me, right? Mm -hmm. People are more likely to come into me. And then the booking link is in there as well um, to go ahead and book with me. And so I built that profile up to 47,000 followers. Then I got hacked. <laughs> and my profile got deleted. Oh, and man. After, yeah, it, I was I was hurt, bro. I was devastated. Like like uh, I wanted to curl up in like a little fetal position, start crying. Mm -hmm. Like and, and people are listening, listening like oh, it's social media, but it's it all the work and like the stress and the pain that you've gone through of like um, I'm not good enough, my work's not good enough. You know, just just the mental game behind you know posting on social media, getting over those fears. I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to do this again. Like you know, like kind of doubting yourself. Like was that really something I was able to do? And then I was like, you know what? This next time, I'm going to go all in. Like, I, I did barbering, but I didn't really push my personal brand out there. It was mostly just, like, my haircuts. And I was like, all right, so I know what's going to get popping on and what's going to go viral on social media and how to structure my edits, covers, hashtags, everything like that, time to post, how to read analytics. Um, 
So then I said, okay, I want to be able to build a brand off my off of me. Like I like I hate when people are on social media, um, you know, p promoting their their services. But I if I saw you walking down the street, I wouldn't be able to recognize you. Like, oh, that's the guy from like you know. I wanted to be be somebody that people recognize. So I was like, all right, well, I need to be able to post myself. So then I started posting myself with. Um, eyebrow videos, just real, just real, like, you know, fun, stupid stuff, like stuff that I just enjoy doing, showing my personality, um, and started posting those, getting a lot of great feedback and a lot of negative hating comments, but building <laughs> up a profile and, you know, it, in nine months I was able to go start, get a profile from zero and build it up to over a hundred thousand followers. Um, I think at one point for a week span, I was having a consistently like 9,000 followers per week. Um, so, and that was just from all the momentum I was building up, but really, um, you know, and then after that, you know, being able to reach products, courses, but it was really just being able to understand my, my, my target audience of who I want to be able to come into me as a barber is on here. Now, how do I make it as appealing or like, you know, the content to be appealing to them to watch? Because I think a lot of people, they'll see, um, people on Instagram posting, 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 but don't understand, like, you have to like make it appealing to like the, the person you're trying to sell a service to or a product to, you can't just make it look like this cool video that edits really well and uh, stuff like that. You have to be able to, um, you know, like have a client be like, oh, if I come here with this type of haircut, you know, I'm going to leave with this result. And, and so like like for your haircut, right, mm -hmm. you could probably more come to me because I post more comb overs, uh, dark hair with lighter complexion, skin fades, stuff like that. But I don't really post a whole lot of like wave cuts or designs. So people like that are not going to be coming to me. You're more the person that's going to be coming to me because you have that look that I post a lot of. Mm -hmm. So really, whatever you post, of course, is gonna, you're going to attract because that's what people see that you can do. You're very skilled in that. It doesn't make sense if you're selling uh, uh, Apple computers that are hijacked to be going at a certain speed and I'm trying to buy a water bottle from you, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, That's not what you're promoting. Like mm -hmm. So if you're promoting something or you want somebody to buy something from you, you need to promote that exact thing. Mm -hmm. And just make it like really relevant to their life. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, that's something that a lot of people are kind of finding about marketing now is like the more context or like relevance you can give to somebody, the more they're going to pay attention. Like you can't be so vanilla and kind of just very general. Like you have to be very targeted with like oh. all your strategies. What is it like if you try to if you try to market to everybody, you're not going to sell anything because like you have to you have to like literally talk to one person. And I think like Whenever I do something, I'm not worried about what you think, what my neighbor thinks, what the guy that I just got food from thinks. I'm thinking about one person, their mentality. Like it, almost as if I was talking to one of my homies or if mm -hmm. I was like doing a video and sending it to one of my homies on Snapchat that nobody else is going to see, right? Mm -hmm. I'm never worried about like what everybody else is going to say because they're going to say it regardless whether they, whether they put it on the comments or not. I'm just going to go ahead and go out there and do my thing target the people I need to target, build my audience around something as authentic to me as I possibly can, and then just let everybody else be whatever they're going to be. Mm -hmm. Got it. And then I know you mentioned that you were getting a little bit of negative comments, which it always happens. Like that's the part that comes with it. Like if you're being very vanilla in general, like you said, you're not going to sell anybody, but also like no one's really going to pay attention and they're, they're not really going to love or hate you. They're kind of just like whatever. So when those negative comments came in, you know, a lot of people struggle with that. Like they don't really realize that negative comments say more about the other person than they say about you. You know what I mean? It's like for that person to take their time to like leave a negative comment, like it's just like such a waste. Like what type of, 
what type of person would do that? You know, you can kind of vision like this person probably wastes a lot of time, is very negative and toxic, and it's just like I don't even want to pay attention to it. Like their their opinion is not valid. But yep. what did you do to overcome like negative comments? Um, you know, on like Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, I think just understanding that they're my biggest supporters. Like you think about it, somebody, yeah. <laughs> that, somebody that's hating on you, more times than not, they're going to take, like, you know, you, you have the capability of sending the post as a direct message. And now on analytics, you can see direct messages that are sent. You have like likes, comments, views, uh, save pictures, and, and direct messages sent. They're, your, they're like your own like free marketing like gurus of pushing your content to more people that have never seen you, for me. So mm -hmm. like people that hate on me are going to send that, say something real negative and nasty that's going to take somebody else that probably has never seen me before, see that, and then be like, okay, like I see him now. Now they have the opportunity to either hate as well and spread it on to more people. <laughs> you know, it's just like, okay, like I don't mind it. Like, um, And also with the understanding of like, as long as you know who you are, and I've always tried to, especially with like my personal branding videos of like doing like, because I do like, I line up my eyebrows and stuff, get a lot of hate on that, getting people saying like really nasty and mean stuff to me about that. But at the end of the day, it's always, I've, I've learned that as long as I'm doing something that's completely authentic and not outside of my like comfort zone, if I'm not doing something just for attention, if I, if, if I can do that in the mirror, if I can do that in public and, and be fully confident in myself, I'm, I'm not really going to be, be worrying. I only worry when I'm doing something that's not natural for me. Like, let's say, like, I don't know, just acted like a certain way. And then somebody says a negative comment about that. I'm like, wow, I wasn't staying true to myself. They picked that out. I just feel bad that I just, I, I, I uh, portrayed my character as that almost, you know, instead of just staying true to myself and just, just staying in my power, really. But mm -hmm. really just understanding that your haters are your biggest are, are your best marketers for your for your profile and for your brand that's so true like i yeah there's a lot of people that, that talk about that same concept as well where it's just like it's the same thing with all these like rap artists and stuff now they're just doing a bunch of controversial stuff and then it yeah. gets a lot of views and then funny enough a lot of people hate their stuff but then they gain so many fans because they've been exposed to the music or whatever um I was one of the best like wh whether you love him or hate him I loved him until like he got locked up because you know Latino community I was like why you gotta do that to us bro you support <laughs> but as a marketer I was watching everything I'm like you are so genius you know exactly what you're doing and, mm -hmm. and, and it, works. it was just like like how 50 Cent we used to do it you know mm -hmm. just oh talk talk your talk your mess and, and uh, you know gain more exposure because you're doing it and then like continue on with like um, signing like a, a you know, get vitamin water. <laughs> you know, yeah. Shins off vitamin water after that. And let them continue hating for whatever trash album that they thought you put out. Like, all right, mm. bro, like I'm make I'm making power right now. What are you doing? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And then one thing you said too was or kind of just to um I guess put it in a nutshell is you talked about like your intentions. So if yeah. your intentions are right or like or you know what I mean? Like they're they're of like yeah, you have positive intentions or you actually want to help people and stuff, as long as you're being authentic and your intentions are right, then, uh, you know what I mean? Like you just kind of stay on your path and you realize that there's people that are not going to want to get on the same path as you or follow along on that journey or whatever. It's kind of just like, they're not the people for me. You know, they're not my tribe or whatever. So you can just ignore them. Exactly. Like you, you're going to have the people that you're going to attract and people that are going to hate you just naturally. Like whether you know it, like, it happened in high school. It happened in adult life. It's going to happen on social media. 
It just wasn't portrayed right in front of your face all the time. It was said behind your back. So now mm. that's in front of your face, you just don't know how to react to it. Just understand that's been happening since since grade school. You know, mm -hmm. it's just natural human behavior. We all go to these different, like you said, tribes or like I always think of social media as like high school cliques. Like you got mm -hmm. the cool kids over here, you got the nerdy mean kids mm -hmm. somewhere over here, you know, you got the weirdos over here. Like you just have all your different cliques and it's so cool and like how you can just market at different people and like connect with different people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then so let's go back a little bit into like actually building up your Instagram. So you mentioned a lot of different stuff of, you know, like uh like looking at your analytics and likes and comments and using the right hashtags, maybe geotagging, like all this different stuff. So what was your, like, when you look at like the practical, like strategy, like step-by-step -step thing. Now I know you have a course on um, social yeah. media for barbers and stuff like that, but if you can give like the general aspects or the preview of that, of like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, first off, I think I am also, cause like I've been helping the people outside the industry too. So like in the workout industry, um, jeweler industries and everything like that, uh, build their profiles up. So I am going to come out with something just as a general social media like stuff. But I think number one thing that helped me out, bro, was really reverse engineering my, my habits on social media, like at what I consume, um, in terms of like, why do I stay on a certain video? Why do I skip? Why do I click? Why do I comment? Why do I save? Why do I send? And really just kind of getting down to the basic human interactions of like, um, you know, just, just sharing things. There's a great book called Contagious by uh, Jonah Berger. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, in that book, it talks about like social currencies a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And things that go viral or shared a lot, you know, are more social currencies on in terms of like, you know, like doing this podcast. I wouldn't do this podcast if I didn't think it would up my stature, right? Like we do things, you wouldn't wear that shirt if you thought it made you look ugly. You wear mm -hmm. that shirt because it makes you, you know, you make it, if you think it makes you look cool. Mm -hmm. um, same thing that goes with like sharing information or sharing uh, videos or, or liking something or, or being drawn to something. You know, everything that we're drawn to or liking um, is all has to be with like, we recognize that as a social currency of like these, this certain demographic of people like that. I want to look cool to them and have the same interests as them. So I'm going to keep on liking that. Right. And, 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 and be interested in, and know, I'm going to know about that. Um, you know, I think that's why I think, <laughs> I think that's why a lot, a lot of white culture likes hip hop music so much, bro. Like, you know, it's a social currency. Like, like it's it's a certain stature. Um, so I, I I really I really try to reverse engineer my my uh, just my consuming t uh, habits. And so, like, you know, as a marketer, you, I I notice sometimes I get too caught up in in producing, pushing out, and I don't and I don't do enough consuming. And the consuming part on your end, I think, tells says a lot about like what you can learn. You like that, that's just that's just free information. You don't need to buy a course. You don't need to get any to like mentoring. That stuff is super super valuable. You need that at some point in time. But to start out, just looking at your habits, looking at what you click on, uh, looking and, and I mean, Instagram even has like this beautiful um, little thing on the notification. If you swipe left, you can literally see what everybody else is consuming and liking, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you could literally track of like, all right, so this person, this is what they're attracted to, and that, that's what they like, and kind of put them in like, like start clicking, clicking people up that you follow, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, they want to be a part of this click. They want to have a social currency over here. They want to have a social currency over here. I want to have a social currency here. And then as long as you understand the kind of those like, um, kind of like that model, and, and put it into a system, I think that that for me it just it just works better for my mind that way.
Got it. And then, um, so what do you think was like the biggest thing that you focused on in the way of growth? Was it like, I guess maybe doing collaborations with other people? Like I didn't really see that many collabs on there or was it like hashtags you think is like super important or like what's something that someone should focus on if they're like brand new to Instagram marketing or like growth, you know? Yeah, I, I could go in a lot of different directions. Um, because what I've heard before is make sure that you research the hashtags and do that. Don't use too many of them. And then I've also seen like post usually two to three times a day and like look at what times are the best in the analytics. And yeah. then um, and then I've looked at like a, a lot of people say to do like collaborations and things where like, you know, not like shout out for shout out type of yeah. stuff because that's really like spammy or whatever. But like yeah. – actually doing videos like you make a video uh, particularly for that person's profile and they do the same thing for you just to help out each other's audiences and stuff or okay you know there's a so lot of different I, things I, I like that you named off all that because then i'll go with a different thing now now that like because i feel like everybody understands you know you need hashtags personally i use all 30 i mm -hmm. i like to use all 30 i see the best results of that you said post three times a day and Notice what times work the best, which is very, very key. I think people get caught up too much in just posting three times a day, just post three times a day because they say everybody says it, but it's really about getting down to that one time. Um, I've never done too many collabs. I think the one piece of information that I would add to that that's like super, super key would um, the first three seconds of any video. And I think videos are the best thing. Like, like pictures are great to like add like flavor to your profile, but if you want growth, first videos. Second, it's going to be the first three seconds because more times than not, what I've recognized with myself, it takes about three seconds for me to decide if I'm going to stay on this video or swipe to the next one because the human attention span, let's be honest, bro, 60 seconds isn't that much time. Mm -hmm. But a 60-second video, you get bored after 30 seconds if you're not happy with it. Mm -hmm. So really, for me, I got it down to about the first three seconds. And and if, it, if something doesn't catch my eye to interest me, if something doesn't intrigue me to stay onto the video that long to watch all the way into the end but it's too easy just to swipe to the next thing it's it, it's it's like well, why am i wasting my time there's something else that can that that can do put me on that that emotional high of entertainment you know rather than like being like boring and and like watching this whole thing so i think the first three seconds highly overlooked people also overthink it too much it's just get something that grabs the viewer's attention and, and keep the viewer's attention. It's always having to be able to keep a viewer's attention on your video at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then that kind of just goes hand in hand or like, you know, to summarize that too, it's just like create quality content. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because a lot of people, yeah, they yeah. post stuff, but then they don't, they're kind of, it's like you have to have quality and quantity, but also two to three posts a day really isn't that much. Like you can, a lot of people make excuses for posting on all these platforms because they're like, oh, that takes a lot of time. And I'm like, why don't you just take like two to three hours, like one day a week, and then just like make all of the posts for the week and then you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, not that doesn't work for every business. Like you're, it's, yeah. it seems like you're actually doing the videos and then posting them like right away, not like scheduling them out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like create quality content. Like you can't just put out a bunch of low quality photos and expect like growth. Like it has to look professional and look really good and make like, you know, something that people would actually want to follow. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have a contradiction to that. I say you don't need that. I say yeah. you don't need to have quality stuff. And that's where people I think a lot of times get mixed up with the quality content thing. You don't need quality content. You just need quality. Like quality content is something that just keeps you on a video at the end of the day. As mm -hmm. long as it's entertaining to you and yeah. it doesn't look like a shot, a shot on a, uh, 
Um, um, like but a toaster. As long as don't have the pixels in there, you're gonna you're gonna stay till the end. Mm-hmm. It just matters. Like, all right, is this gonna keep my attention? I think people also get too caught up in like they hear quality content and don't understand what quality content means, and spend the majority of their two to three hours focusing on like the first two seconds of the video, trying to make it like the pixels perfect and like the lighting. Like, look, at the end of the day, for me. I say just throw a bunch of dirt at the wall and see what sticks. Of course, you know, you said I can't cut, so I, I, I got some dirt. So, you know, what I want to say with dirt, but really it's just like throw a bunch of stuff at the wall. Whatever sticks and your audience wants to see, continue doing that. And the progression of, of the what you're saying quality is in terms of the picture, lighting, um, professionally done will come over time. But don't worry about that when you first start out. Because when you first start out, you're, if you if you worry about when you first start out, you're gonna you're gonna crash and fail because mm. you're never you're you're gonna be too perfectionist minded. You're gonna you're gonna stall with everything that you're doing. Just get out, get, just get something out there that's satisfactory to where you can put out a mass quality content or quantity of content. The quality will come over time when you realize this is what works. Let's put our eggs all in this basket mm. now, and then let's push forward with put, bringing up the quality of everything. I think mm. it's really just learning exactly what you need to do first, then quality comes. Yeah, and then, yeah, quality can have a couple different definitions. So I was talking a little bit more about what you were saying, where it's like, okay. the, the you know, it has to look presentable. You know what I mean? You can't be, like, terrible looking, like, exactly like you said. But also, like, yeah, you don't need, like, a Hollywood film crew every time you want to, yeah. you know, film a video. I so people, I hate when people have, like, those, like, couple hundred or, or just a thousand followers or something, and then, like, try to bring out, like, this whole, like, I hate when they have, like, this dramatic buildup. Like, if the first 15, 20 seconds is, like, a slow, dramatic buildup. I'm like, bro, <laughs> first two seconds of the video, I don't care what happens at the very end, like, put that put that dramatic thing that happens at the very beginning, and you, I might stay for the rest of it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so how would you, or how important would you say it is to build a brand for like a service business, like as in in 2018, or now it's 2019, but like there's a lot of, the reason why I'm asking is there's a lot of people in a bunch of different service businesses that say, well, in that industry, you should do it, but in my industry, no, I don't need to do that. You know, that's a fad or it's a trend or whatever. How important it or is it? for every service business to have a like personal brand or some type of brand online? I'll say it like this. I think now we're moving into more terms of like buying from individual people and understanding the person, trusting them, trusting the value they give and the product they put out. Oh, it's made by him. I trust that product rather than uh, 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 a name brand that you don't know who works behind it. Like everything is so transparent now that it's almost weird if you don't like, if we didn't know who Bezos was, it just I like Amazon would just be like, "What is this? Like, who does this?" But we know who Bezos is. We have a connection with him. He was this dude who was balding, hunched over. I was all standing up, perfect pose. Like, that's my dude. That's my right. I'm gonna buy that. I'm gonna support him. He knows what he's doing. But I think it's more now like so important to have that branding behind it for personal reasons. And it doesn't matter like like if you're like me, who's more like out there and like. Uh, uh, swearing all the time, cussing, just being out there like loud and stuff. Or be more, I've seen people so successful that just sit back, very calm, talking like this, very, you know. And and because like you said, everybody has attracted their own clique. And and I think it's, it's, it's that's where business is going um, for, for brands. I, I think the next step to that, I think probably the biggest step is honestly whatever the, the people creating the platforms. 
I think for people creating platforms like Instagram, um, I just heard of a platform the other day. It's called um, Air Mentor or, or Air Tutor, right? Mm -hmm. one, of my, one of my clients, one of his homeboys start, uh, started that business up. And, uh, you know, like Airbnb, you know, they, I don't know who runs that. Maybe somebody else might. But, like, stuff like that, like, I think the platforms that allow the individuals to run businesses within that, I think you can have more of like a stand up behind, you know, this, the scenes type type personality. But I think if you're the person that's pushing it, you need to you need to have that personal brand. It's very vital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. Like I agree because, yeah, a lot of different people, when I talk about marketing versus branding, they get marketing is like pushing products and doing sales. But branding is who is the first person they think of when they think of like that industry or that service. Yeah. And it's like. Pretty soon, I mean, because of the internet and everything, there's so much noise and so much people out there just doing like very similar things that if you don't have a brand, then you're going to not, you're not going to stand out from the crowd. So there's some, yeah, just a bunch of noise out there. And it's like, you need to make an impact in people and really like put a flag in the ground of like, I'm the barber, right? <laughs> or I'm the like, digital marketing guy like, or whatever. Like you, you probably see this all the time about like a knockoff fashion Nova type brands that yep. Uh, like if you don't know a face behind it, you're not gonna become fashion. Like Fashion Nova was probably like one of the last. I don't even know who runs Fashion Nova still. Yeah, I <laughs> like I probably should, but I don't. But I think like brands like that, you just, it's and it's it becomes down to a human trait of trust. Mm -hmm. Social media allows us to trust people, right? Mm -hmm. If you did not put, if you if you had your profile of like just these images of like like. Oh, you know, entrepreneurship titles of Grant Cardone, Gary Vee of like these sayings that they put all over your profile and like some like weird like drawing uh, on, on your profile picture. I would have never said yes. I'd be like, this guy's a weirdo. I, know. <laughs> I saw who you were, did a little research, looked through your profile. I was like, I can trust you, right? Is that it, it? I mean, it's just, it's just natural human interaction. Like, we have to trust what we're buying and investing ourselves into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing about social media that I've noticed is like, in the past, when you would meet someone, yeah, you would have to spend like months with them to really like understand who they are and like get to know their personality and everything. Now you can look at their Instagram in like two seconds and know exactly who they are, and it's crazy. Like, oh, bro, bro, you could go through somebody. I mean, I mean, you could go through that. Like, like think about like like Tinder, right? You can go through Tinder. Then you see a girl you like, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to swipe right. Let me, oh, she got her Instagram hooked up. Let me check her. Let me go do a little background yeah. check. On her, oh, who she follow? Let me go check and see. Or like, like the like photos, the photos she tagged. Her. You do all this, like, so you have to like understand like somebody like in their total lifespan they've ever posted just just to get a swipe right, or just to have the opportunity to talk to them. <laughs> like you said, you have to take months just to unfold all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that's why the personal brands and you know building a brand for like your service business is super important because yeah. it used to be like to put that in the same perspective for because we talk about people but for businesses it used to be in the past that someone would have to watch your television ad or see your ad in the newspaper or something like that like fifty times before they're like okay like you know what I mean like this is a brand that's legit and I you know I'll check them out or whatever now. Yeah. You show them a couple Facebook ads, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Maybe I'll check it out." So they click on your thing, and then they do a bunch of research and basically stock your business profile. And yeah. now they can see everything. So yeah. it's basically the the amount of time it takes for someone to trust your brand yeah. uh, is actually a, I feel like it's a little bit less. But you need to be super transparent and authentic for them to do that because there's a lot of brands like you said out there that like are just like 
not transparent or authentic and it's kind of yeah. like you don't know if you're going to trust it and that's yeah. where it's going to take a long time for someone to build trust but now people can just do a google search and find out everything about you if you're legit or not <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. you know what's I, just just to, I, I don't want to get too off top but i just want to throw this question at you right i was thinking about this the other night sure so like you said like back in the day it takes a lot of people like a lot of time the one marketer that always stands out for me billy mays the only mm. one, because it, he was on everything, longevity, you know, rest. <laughs> but, bro, I'm telling you, I was thinking about this other night. What, what do you, I want to ask you a question now. We, we, we swap and rolls. What do you think Billy Mays would be in this social media era? Do you think he would have horses? Do you be, think he would be like a Gary Vee, a Grant Cardone? Do you think he'd be behind the scenes? What do you think uh, uh, Billy Mays in 2019, if he was still here, what would he be doing? Yeah, so real quick before I answer that, quick context. Billy Mays was the guy that did like OxyClean commercials, like infomercials oh, and stuff like that for anyone that doesn't know. But I, I, I take that for granted. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Mays, uh, I think that he would be like a huge meme now. Like he would be like the guy, like, you know, uh, like it's kind of like Bob Ross where it's like people just kind of post him and it's like a funny meme, but also like it drives a ton of sales. So I think he would be a meme now. <laughs> I think you want to know, I truly believe that he would probably be the top entrepreneur in terms of like online sales courses. <laughs> because think about it, bro. He ran a, 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 a one minute, 45 second, whatever, how long sales pitch. Like he would be like, you know, like Jordan Belfort got big because of Wolf of Wall Street. You know, and he's doing, he, I don't know if you follow him, I follow him, but he's doing a lot of sales on books, courses, I invested in one of his stuff. I think Billy Mays probably would have been the best one because everybody recognized who he is. People, I only know Jordan Belfort because of Wolf of Wall Street because, you know, you got uh, uh, Leonardo DiCappuccino over there. Throwing, <laughs> you know, like, that's the only reason I know him. If everybody, your, your mom knows, grandma knows, aunt knows, cousin knows, little sister, everybody should know who Billy, Billy Mays here. Super loud. The commercials, they always woke you up at night. You know, <laughs> the dude goes on social media. He's such an entrepreneur mindset dude. If he creates just a course on how to sell products, I would buy that instantly. I'm like, Billy May sold me tons of stuff as a kid. Of course I'm going to buy that. You mm -hmm. know, I, that's what I think. I think the main part, he might be like a little like Gary Vee and leverage it to his liking. But I think like he would be probably one of the biggest entrepreneurs out. Got it. Yeah. And then uh, we can talk about your, so you have your program on um, helping barbers with like how to cut hair. I saw like, you know, your kind of um, strategies and stuff that you use to make it look good. And then you also have a um, course for doing marketing for barbers and everything. So for those, can you just do like a quick, um, I guess, bullet point of like what you go over in both of those yeah. just so, yeah. you know, if people want to, you know, uh, look into it. Definitely. So the barbering one, I call it the next level barbering. Um, and basically what I go over that is like, you know, as a barber coming into the barber game, I, I and I really try to structure it as like somebody who is like before I moved to the Rich Barber Hair Studio, not knowing the game, mindset training, aspects of business. I really try to focus on that to take you from like where you can go. You can literally be in any barber shop and really only get up to here. Right. But really, there's like infinite levels to this of business structuring it. If you want to be an educator, YouTuber, if you want to go and make your own products, you could literally branch out. But I think barbers are so small minded, not understanding of those possibilities. Um, and, and like we were talking about earlier, raising prices, a lot of barbers don't even raise prices like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and really what I go through is, um, of course, mindset training. I think mindset and, and personal development is something huge that, that's turned my life around a lot. Um, not only confidence wise, but confidence in my business, not having fear when doing or trying something new. Um, also, 
uh, advanced fading techniques of how to cut hair. You know, you can cut, you can learn a lot from like I think a lot of barbers don't want to invest in themselves. Um, you know, you see a lot of other industries. There's not a whole lot of uh, the 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 um, message going around about you have to invest in yourself to progress. I think that's already kind of like a staple in a lot of industries. The barber industry is a little bit farther behind in terms of like you like people still want to like try to get the free information or free feedback. But it really takes like the investing in yourself, classes, courses to really get to that next level. There's a lot of great stuff free on YouTube that I also put out. But this has been like, you know, YouTube, you got to structure to be able to gain followers, be able to gain subscribers, give value, also entertain. This is strictly just pure game. Exactly what I do. Um, these are like 15 minute long tutorials on the hair, on haircuts. So I detail literally everything, go into stories of like where I failed, where you can get better at. How to structure your business, because I think a lot of barbers and, 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 and people don't know how to structure their, their haircutting business in terms of online, doing online appointments, um, how to charge people, how to upsell people, how to charge for extra services, just a lot of stuff that comes natural in other businesses. That's just not natural in barbering. I mean, you think about it, barbers, uh, I never went to college. Majority of barbers never went to college. And probably their parents, my, my parents went to community college and my mom went to Sac State, but most but like I, I don't think somebody who went to harvard or something uh, a kid is going to be a you know they're going to be like oh you know what johnny go ahead cut hair we went to harvard but you don't got to go to, like i think those type of people like you're going to ivy league school type people right so barbers we come from a different demographic different background of just we're not around money we're not around people who build businesses as much there are some lucky few it's not everybody but there are some but the majority of people they're just not aware so i put this course out to be not only affordable but to be able to take people and elevate their game in all aspects and, and, and to be able to set them up to go in whatever direction they want to after that. Now, the uh, and that's called the next era, the next level of barber, advanced fading and, and, and uh, business techniques. My other course, my social media course, is a, is a tick up from that. It's it, I call it the new era of barbering. Basically, like the new era is is why I called it that too is because, you know, the, the 10 years ago, if you didn't hand out business cards, shake hands, try to meet people in public, try to build your business through there, through walk-ins, you, 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 would, you, you wouldn't be able to grow a business, right? Now, with this newer era, it's all built online, like just any other business, all built through social media. Mm -hmm. So really, I go through exactly how a barber, now that, he, that they know exactly what they know from my previous course, take everything and be able to put those talents, market abilities, and, 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 uh, push out their services to the, their potential clients to be able to bring back money, to book themselves up, create a demand for themselves, then raise their prices without having the fear of like, well, when I raise my prices, I'm not going to have any more clients coming into me. No, no, no. You have an unlimited like blood supply of like clientele you could choose from on social media. Mm -hmm. It's just, you keep on pushing your stuff out. Like they're going to come to you. Like a lot of times it was happened to me when I raised my prices too. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I've been booked out dead tired. I'm like, oh, man, I, my demand's high. I'm getting booked out every two to three weeks. Right. It took me to raise prices, clients to drop off that new clients are like, man, finally you have availability open for me to come into you. I don't mind paying this price. And that's kind of how things like kind of snowball after that. People are like, oh man, I'm, I, I like that your schedule's more open, you know, create more demand with more social media you're putting out. People see the value built up again. Oh, you need to raise prices, you know, be able to create more, create more openings for yourself. So really the, the mentality behind that um, and, and how to read analytics, but a lot of stuff that we went over right there too. So um, yeah, those are the two courses I have out right now. And then of course, um, I'm also working on an ebook as well for that too. Got it. Okay. 
And then, uh, so, you know, you have your, uh, your Instagram, then you said you do have a YouTube channel. Do you focus on, or are you planning on focusing on a lot more on YouTube as well now that you kind of built up Instagram? Yeah. You know what? That's funny. That's actually like, um, with, with, so with my Instagram getting deleted the year prior to last at like the end of 2017, my 2018 goal was build my Instagram up bigger, right? Like than it was before. Check that off. Now it's like, all right, I know and understand that game. Let me go ahead and tap into like these other social, like these other attention grabbers. So like podcasting, YouTube, um, any other social medias that pop up, emailing, stuff like that. Um, just giving out as much value as possible now that I have the attention to grab and I can now push people to, hey, do you like YouTube? I have that for you. Hey, do you like listening to podcasts and informational stuff? I got that for you. Hey, do you read emails? Do you like to read? Do you like to read like blog posts? I got that for you. Really giving people an opportunity to be able to consume whatever content and valuable content that I'm able to push out and uh, just be able to structure that for myself. But I think YouTube is definitely like one of my main focuses this year, especially um, I actually had to hire a uh, content creator uh, to like edit a lot of my stuff. So we work side by side a lot. Uh, he films a lot of my stuff just because like, you know, with courses, products, Instagram still, mm -hmm. like it just, you, you, there's, there's so much, there, it comes to a point where if you don't hire people on, like you're not able to grow and to get to the next level. And that's, that's, that's where I, I just came to for myself. Exactly. And then, um, so yeah, cause I've noticed a lot of barbers or, you know, just people that cut hair kind of growing on YouTube all of a sudden, kind of just popping up in my recommended feed for whatever reason. And I think YouTube is one of the best platforms right now because I think in the next, you know, like the same thing that happened to Facebook is going to happen to Instagram where like you're going to post something and not that many people are going to see it because like the reach is going to be kind of low and then you're going to have to rely more on like doing paid advertising. But YouTube is kind of different to where people are searching for your content. So it's like you, there's no real algorithm change unless they mess with the subscription box um, that's going to affect that. So I'm heavily focusing on YouTube right now. Um, and I was my Instagram at first, but now I'm, yeah, way more on YouTube. But I think growing a YouTube following would be pretty easy for you to do and like almost kind of posting your Instagram content and editing it into more of a YouTube video, uh, longer YouTube video fashion and putting it on there would be good. And then um, just modeling, I guess, your channel after the other like barbers. Like there's literally barbers that I've seen that have like 200,000 subscribers on YouTube and they did it within like a couple of years, kind of like you did with Instagram. So yeah. that would be uh, definitely good to do. And then other than that, I guess, what's the next steps for your brand or like kind of, are you trying to get to, um, I guess maybe in the next like, you know, one to two years, kind of like celebrity barber status where you're like, you know, charging double what you are now, like even more and stuff or what are your plans? Uh, probably not cutting hair. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I hit you with a, with a curveball. No, like really like, um, but right now, even for me, I only cut about maybe two or three days out of the week just because all the content I create for just to be able to educate and help barbers, online marketing, everything like that. That's where I find a lot of pleasure in right now. I think cutting hair is always going to be something for me that I have uh, around, but it's it's not going to be something like I, I really do like the you know creating content, being able to help other people out, mentorship courses, um, and really start branching out like I like I touched on before into other social media. Uh, uh, I guess just helping out other social media people and, 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 and industries, I guess, because I think um, I just, I, I've been able to understand social media a little bit differently. You know, you gotta be a little, you gotta be a little dumb 
to be smart in social media just because you got to be like, yeah, you got to trust it, right? You got to see what it is and trust it. I think too many people overthink it. But um, I think just going in that route, um, creating the brand, I think I definitely also want to add more products to my product line. Um, I, I have a couple uh, things in mind that I want to drop this year as well. Um, and just, just build up the whole brand as, as its own. And, and, and everybody that's in my course, my social media course, being able to have a, a platform to give them exposure as well um, would also help out too, I mm -hmm. think. And then have you thought about, um, I mean, you probably have, like making your own studio where then you can, uh, I guess, hire on other barber, kind of like what the, like the studio that you're working at, like make your yeah. own version of that. Yeah. Have you thought about no. doing that? No, um, that's never been like a priority of mine. I think um, it there's there's a cap limit on like um, uh, how much you're going to be able to make on that per month. And mm. for me, I just don't think the products I'll be pushing out would suit a barber setting. Mm. Um, I think my products would be more for people who um, just do everyday care and stuff like that. Oh, okay. As well as my courses, you don't. I don't really need to be in a barbershop to be able to do that. I, I, I you know, a lot of people always ask me like, "When are you going to open up your shop?" And I'm like, "I look, I'm never going to like." It's just too much um, hassle and stress, and it's just it was just never something that I was gravitated towards. I just didn't want to upkeep on it, paying for it. Finding good barbers is very hard too, and 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 I'm very wary of people who I surround myself with. I think I only have about. I don't have I, I, I cut a lot of my, my friends off that I've known for a long time just because I wanted to focus in and, and get away from a lot of the BS that happens. So I really only have about two, three, maybe even four people if you want to include like moms in there. You feel me? So like um, I'm really just like I, I, I'm wary of, of who I give my energy to and, and, and who I surround myself with. And I think in a barber setting, like um, it would just be a lot of it just, it, I just don't see it as an asset, more as a liability for, for where I want to be able to go and grow. And maybe in the future, maybe in the future when I am, am able to like have built everything up the way I want to, making the type of money I want to be able to create and make for myself, traveling, being able to put on conferences and stuff like that, um, then maybe just throw up a couple you know franchises out there. <laughs> but at the, moment, the moment, no. Cool. No problem. So yeah, I mean, I think we covered a lot of good stuff for barbers in particular, but then anybody that just has a service business in general that wants to grow their Instagram to basically get more clients, uh, fill up their schedule, and then also just give them insights on where the next level can be. Like if someone is like a low level freelancer, um, they can probably even use and relate this information to their business where they're like, oh, you know, I'm a graphic designer or whatever. And they can be like, well, now I want to do training programs. I also want to do maybe affiliate marketing and all these other things or sources of income that they can put into like one business or whatever that all has to do around graphic designs or, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. But yeah, um, other than that, is there anything that you wanted to talk about or, you know, any tips you wanted to give? Yeah, just just have an effort mindset and, and just go out there and do it if you want to do some marketing. Don't be afraid of what people are going to think about the end product. Just think about what your overall vision, if it adds to that and gets you closer to your overall vision of what you want for your life, then why are you holding back on it right now? So, you know, and other than that, you know, y'all can follow me on Instagram at Deluxe, D-L-U-C-S underscore. Same thing as the YouTube, Snapchat. Um, You know, just reach out if you guys have any questions. Try, I'll try to get my best back to you. I'm very busy, but I always try to get back to everybody. Um, and just uh, anybody that's watching this, thank you for the support. And, uh, you know, you'll be seeing my, my pretty face a lot more often soon. 
Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you, ha uh, you know, having you on and giving all that, you know, valuable information or anyone that has like a service business, especially anyone that's watching that's a barber. And then, um, yeah, other than that, I guess, yeah, you guys can go follow uh, him on everything. He has his own website as well that has like, you know, uh, men's care products and the courses that he was talking about and everything. So you can check him out there. But other than that, I will see everyone next time. Peace. One more thing. Hold on. Oh, hold on. I oh one say, more thing. Oh, man. I okay. do want to say I appreciate you. Thank you very much for for putting up me on. Like I know you're very growing um, on your not only podcast but YouTube as well, and, mm -hmm. and going to be do something great with that. So I just want to say thank you for allowing me the chance and opportunity to come on your platform and just speak on this because I was when I seen your message, bro. I was I was like, wow, okay, I feel I feel. Oh, cool for you reaching out. So I appreciate you reaching out to me, by the way. No problem. Yeah. And then, oh, one last thing too. So just wanted to verify and confirm all the type of stuff. It's okay to upload the whole interview to YouTube. We're all good with that, right? Okay. Sweet. As long as I get it too. Be good. Sounds <laughs> good. Yeah. I can send it to you right after. And then, yeah. So I guess outro one more time where we'll go ahead and say, we will see you guys next time. Hope you enjoyed the video. Go ahead and like and subscribe and comment and all the type of stuff, your thoughts. And uh, yeah, we will see you in the next one. All right, y'all. Peace out. Thank you, bro. No problem. I'll see you later, man.